Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on 630 WLAP, the home of the cats right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker, longtime Kentucky beat writer, coming to a website near you. In the meantime, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, Curtis and I are going to be here every day, Monday through Friday, talking about it on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to be talking almost all UK football on this edition of the podcast. We will have Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald Leader to talk basketball recruiting on the next one. So this is basically your pre-game, pre-pre-pre-pre-game show for UK versus Mississippi State. Uh, we're going to look at the game. I'm going to share some things I heard uh, from after-practice interviews. And then at the end, Kyle and I will actually pick who's going to win. Also, we'll have our over-unders, which we do every week on this edition, since we're not going to be talking football on the next one. Uh, Kyle, here's the interesting nugget that, well, there was actually a lot of things that kind of came out of practice yesterday, but the one that got picked up by a couple blogs was the fact that Drake Jackson didn't know who Kylan Hill was. It was uh, the colonel, I was standing by it when he said it, uh, the colonel tweeted it out, that's the Lex, the local college newspaper if you don't know. And uh, they picked it up. There was a little story. I think Hill then eventually quote tweeted it, and I forget what emojis he put. He's an emoji guy. Yep. I don't know what that says about him. Um, but yeah, and I'll briefly make a case for Drake Jackson why he it should be okay, partially because he's a former intern at my other job, so I like him. Um, but here here it goes. I mean, he's an offensive lineman. He's not watching you know the tape from Mississippi State right. about their offense, so. It's within reason to not know who exactly he was talking about, and it also to to the point about some people saying, you know, they don't really use this as motivation. Apparently, he wasn't paying close enough attention to know that Hill was the guy that tweeted, subtweeted Benny Snell earlier in the week. Yeah, I mean, I don't think other than Benny, who's about about Benny, I don't think that you want a team full of guys sitting around reading Twitter to see who's Twitter beefing with emojis on game week of a huge week. And, to your, I mean, I think your point is all that really needs to be said. Uh, Kylan Hill is a sophomore running back, and the guy that was being asked about it is a, an offensive lineman for Kentucky. He in no way needs to prepare for Kylan Hill. Uh, it's one thing – look, if you're in the league and you act like you don't know who Benny Snell is after back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons and he led the league in rushing last year – you could maybe extrapolate some disrespect, even if it's from the other team's offensive players. But to be an offensive player at Kentucky and not know who Kylan Hill is, he ran for 300 yards last year as a freshman. And he's off to a great start this year. He's got 293 yards. And here's the the notable thing. On just 32 carries, he's averaging 9.2 yards a carry Whoa. for uh, Mississippi State. People are beginning to know who Kylan Hill is. Um, and he's gonna. It looks like he's gonna be a big name. He's five eleven, two hundred fifteen pounds. He was a big time recruit. I'm pretty sure. Yes, and he's. I mean, he's got four catches for sixty six yards and a couple touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Um, he's a very impressive player, but I don't really think when he coming into this season had three hundred yards to his name in college football, and you're asking an offensive lineman from the other team if he knows who the running back is. I don't. I think. I don't think we should make much of that. I mean, if you asked Josh Allen and he didn't know, that'd be a different thing. Two guys Drake Jackson was aware of was Simmons and Sweat, and those are two guys that I think everybody in college football is talking about, everybody in the NFL to a certain extent are talking about. Those two dudes just wreak havoc on offense, 
And he was aware of them. Um, I believe he said he played in the Army All-American. and I can't even remember which one it would have been with. But he's, he's known of him forever since high school because they were both you know top prospects coming out of the Probably same Jeffrey year. Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons was a five-star guy. So it would have been Simmons um, at the Army All-American game. So they know each other from way back then. But, I mean, the Kentucky offensive line has a huge task ahead of them in trying to block those guys. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, more about that in our over-unders. Um, but those, I mean, they're both, Mel Kuyper's got Jeffrey Simmons, who's a 300, 6'4", 300-pound defensive tackle, maybe most well-known, unfortunately, for uh, striking a woman and uh, probably maybe shouldn't be at Mississippi State at all, but he's a five-star recruit and a future NFL player, and that's what happens. You get second chances in this world. But he's got Kuyper in the preseason, had Simmons number 17 overall in the 2019 NFL draft, and then uh, his defensive line counterpart, Montez Sweat, a 6'6 defensive end, number 23 overall. So that's two first-round picks on the defensive line. And that's kind of that, that tells you a little bit about what Mississippi State has built to. First under Dan Mullen and obviously building under that now under Moorhead. Um, they've got a, they've got NFL talent. They, they have what the other good teams in this league have, top-shelf NFL talent. They've got a super dynamic quarterback. You mentioned the running back who's starting to break out and was a big-time recruit. I just looked him up. He was ranked 14th among running backs in the country, a four-star kid coming out of high school. They have really upped their talent level. Uh, and so across the board, it's going to be a challenge. This is a Mississippi State team that I don't think is a, a paper tiger um, they or a paper bulldog. They've got legitimate pros in, in several spots, and, and namely on that defensive line. Also, some other fun stuff that came out of practice yesterday. Uh, your boy, as you call him, Benny Snell Jr., Chris Rodriguez, I think Benny Snell is Benny Snell Jr., right? Yes, he actually is. <laughs> Benny Snell the <III>. third. <laughs> Benny Snell Jr. Jr. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rodriguez. He actually, I'm sure he'd heard him before. He kind of brought Snell up before I even got a chance to ask him about him. You know, he said that's who he kind of looks to. He wants to be. So Benny gives him all kinds of tips and everything. Uh, that's kind of his goal. Uh, I also asked Snell. What he thought of that comparison. A little, little pump in the brakes action he, from Benny, it seemed like. He took a big pause and said he, I think what he said, he couldn't speak about that right now. But he did say, I see a lot of me in him. So he sees the characteristics in Rodriguez. Obviously, that's a, some huge shoes to fill in theory because you know Snell's an all-time great already uh, in Kentucky football history. The other thing that I was really kind of interested in is Mark Stoops mentioned on his Monday presser that hey, that Wildcat, we might be throwing when Benny Snell's back there. I mean, they've done it before when Steven Johnson, and, you know, maybe they'll do it again. Snell's passes aren't great. Right. But they get there. Yeah, I, I still think if you're going to do that, you do it with, with you know, Lynn Bowden, who was played quarterback in high school. Um, or, I don't know. I, I don't even know. Do you really even need to, like, well, here's the thing to throw out of that when you've got now you've got this quarterback who's a dynamic runner as well? I mean, he he puts the defense in these situations where he gets outside and you think he's going to run and he and he throws it and he's made some big plays off of that. Do you really need to run a kind of gimmicky wildcat guy running back passing the well, ball? No, it's not a you wouldn't do it as a gimmick, you would do it as if he's uncovered. 
Because that's what happened to, with Steven Johnson. That's oh, what right. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you, yeah. That's you, what I was getting do at. Do you let him let it fly if he's just sitting out there? And that's why I asked, because I asked Terry Wilson how his hands are if he could catch. He said his hands are great. So, in theory, I mean, if he's uncovered and somehow you whip it out to him, that's probably going to be a pretty good play, because as we've discussed at length on this podcast, Terry Wilson is fast. Yeah, I think if you get it out to him in open space, um, if he's got no men to beat, that's great. And if he's got one or two, I think given his speed and sort of uh, escapability, that could be dangerous. I thought it was, I did think that his answer to you was interesting. Uh, the logic behind it, well, I, I handle the ball on every play, so of course I have great hands. Like, yeah, but I mean, a lot, every quarterback handles it on, on every play, and I'm not throwing Peyton Manning any deep balls. Yeah, that was a little a little bit <laughs> of, uh, taking a shotgun snap that's lobbed back at you uh five five feet at a very uh, moderate rate of speed is a little different. Yeah, that is, that is a little different. But I, I mean, I we'll see. Uh, it would be it would be kind of fun to I would like to see Terry Wilson have a lob coming his way with a bunch of green grass in front of him cuz I would just just to see uh him kind of get up to top ste- top speed what he would uh, what he would do with it. You spoke of Lynn Bowden, and we spoke about Twitter. And I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, but here it comes. He tweeted out, I think it was earlier in the morning, he said, can I please get some Grove Street this weekend? Please. Do you like the Grove Street party? Yeah, I like it. I think it's, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's got a nice connection to Kentucky now. I think it's going to, for a long time, feel connected. And I, that may be, that's like one of the things to me as we talk about attendance and crowd and getting fans excited one of the things Kentucky has struggled with and part of it is it's hard to build any traditions when you're not winning at a consistent level but organically coming up with something that's tradition like I covered Virginia Tech and at some point along the way before I got there they started playing inner sandman before home games and fans would jump to it and it just became this thing that became nationally known and it's one of the it's one of the reasons that I think it I mean in addition to again you got to win or it doesn't matter like people there's no tradition when you stink but they and they were really good for a long time but I think one of the reasons people were always in their seats and the place was hopping at kickoff was because people wanted to be there for that thing mm-hmm. that was happening and participate in it and they wanted it to be talked about on TV they took Virginia Tech fans took so much pride in the fact that like Chris Fowler and Lee Corso and Kirk Herbstreet and, and Reese Davis and all those guys were going to comment on, this is insane. Look at these people. Um, what really gets a football program and town going is when you have some traditions. Um, and sometimes they can be connected to music. Like the original, I mean, that's why fight songs came around, like to build a connection between your fan base and your program. And so that Grove Street thing is like kind of was like one of the like organic things that it happened in a big game in a big moment. It was the South Carolina game, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, on as the kickoff team was getting ready to go cover, and it was after they'd scored, I think, one of the Wildcat touchdowns where they just rode JoJo Kemp into the ground until they had to carry him off the field running the Wildcat that night. Which, by the way, I'm really digressing here, but as as Neil Brown, former Kentucky offensive coordinator, has recorded another incredible win at Troy as head coach. They've now won at LSU and at just won at Nebraska this weekend, back-to-back years. Year before, almost, I mean, very much almost won at Clemson. So it would be three years in a row they'd knocked off a major program on the road. 
and he's doing great things there. He's not necessarily remembered as like an offensive genius at Kentucky because he inherited offensive talent that was Ohio Valley Conference level, and he could never really run his offense. But give credit to the man who I don't think had ever called a Wildcat play. We were, I was actually at lunch uh, with John Hale and talking about I don't think Neil Brown had ever called a Wildcat play before in his career. And he installed the Wildcat because to, for that game and just rode it to victory. Um, and that was such a big moment. It was, you know, people remember JoJo saying, why not us? Why not Kentucky? Um, but to, I think the even maybe even more lasting memory of that game for people was that them playing that song, the stadium going absolutely crazy, the players feeding off the fans and the fans feeding off the players. It was an organic moment that are they're really hard to capture for a college football program. They should play that up. This program, Kentucky, the PA system people, the stadium people, they should play that up. I mean, you've got you've got something there. You're good again. It's a big game. Maybe try to bottle that and make it a part of your tradition here. It should be a party year tradition. Yes. It's a growth party <laughs> year tradition. Speaking of the attendance, there's been some deals. Some deals from UK Ticks. $42 now for tickets via Keeneland if you go to UKTicksTix.com, I believe. Also, teachers can get tickets for $26 for them and a guest, I believe. So there's another deal. And then also, Cash Daniel, I'm just going to say he released these tickets. He might have like went up into the ticket office and you know put somebody up in like a choke slam and said, we're going to go to Paintsville Thursday morning. That's the bottom gonna- <laughs> line because cash money said so. And we're going to offer $10 <laughs> cash tickets, which will be announced on, uh, I think, the UK football Twitter page. So if you're in Paintsville or the Eastern Kentucky area, Get $10 tickets to the game if you follow their account and go to location. So there's some deals out there if you're looking for tickets. Cash tickets. K-A-S-H tickets. I wonder how they'll... Like, I hope they have a sign that says... I don't think they can do that, right? Can they actually... Ooh. I mean, I wondered but even it's promoting, just... it's promoting but, them. But even... But like, that, that can't... They, yeah. That has to be some kind of loophole to yeah, promote themselves. Yeah, I'm sure themselves. it is. I wondered even as they were posting that video, like... You can't yeah, use these I mean, guys to promote something unless you're trying to sell yeah, tickets. That has because I mean it, that's what they do all the yeah. time. No, I mean, I and they have yeah. the players like doing the robocalls to people. Yeah, house. so she I'm sure I'm sure calls. that's fine. But so. I bet they can't do cash. I bet they can't like use his name to sell the tickets. But I think it would be it's perfect as far as long as he's here. I would offer cash t- K A S H cash tickets. <laughs> they ought to just bring just sell them. They, ought, just, they yeah. ought to just have him drive a monster truck into random small towns in Kentucky. <laughs> And like and, have a yeah. have some kind of like cannon that just shoots tickets mm-hmm. and have a big old K A S H cash register in the back. <laughs> no, that that's a tradition right there. Every time cash makes a sack, it's ka-ching. Yes, the cash register. <laughs> I'm, I mean, we if if you're listening to this podcast, we've pretty much solved all the, all the problems in college football and attendance. So, yep, and they're all related to Cash Daniel. I take a ten percent fee, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch. You podcast copycat. Speaking of tickets, though, Kyle, we got a new sponsor. It's Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing your favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to jump around to Inner Sandman or It's a Party, It's a Party by Grove Street Party uh, to cheer on your favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show, sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. 
to save, and you can. this will save you even more money. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app. Enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off, $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on or some over-unders because that's what we're about to do. The truth is I don't know who's going to win, but I do know that if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, my bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim the free play. If you're willing to hold off until 7 p.m., you get that $25 free play. You play, you win, you get paid. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, speaking of gambling, over under time. <laughs> Start off with every, the, everybody, I think if the name everybody knows on Mississippi State, Nick Fitzgerald, the one and only. Paul Feinbaum, I think, had a tweet. I don't, he probably didn't tweet it out. Some of his graphics people did, and it was like, would Nick Fitzgerald be this, the best running back in the SEC? And they had all his numbers, and he was like no. second in rushing yards. Yeah, but out of oh. the out of the traditional running back position, I don't think it would be. Well, no, it was would kind of a joke. Crushed. It was, he's a, yeah. Well, he's he a runs, big guy. He runs for a lot of yards. Was, he does. Was the point of the tweet they were yeah. trying to make. Yes. I mean, he ran for over 1,000 yards last year. This game, though, here's the question. Will Nick Fitzgerald have over or under 250 yards? Total yards. I'm going to say over. Just, I mean, Kentucky has a tough time with these mobile quarterbacks. Um, they've had a tough time. Not so much stopping him in the passing game because uh, two years ago when Kentucky won in Lexington, he only had 81 yards passing. Last year, even in a blowout loss uh, at Mississippi State, uh, he only had 155 yards passing, but he's had over 100 rushing in both games, 106 and 116 the last two years. In seven of the last eight games he's played, not counting that game he got injured in the Egg Bowl at the end of last year, he's had over 250 yards total and over 100 yards rushing in seven out of the last game, eight games he's played. And and given that, given Kentucky's struggles against him specifically, and against mobile quarterbacks in general, uh, I think he goes over 100 rushing probably. Um, and, and with that, that leaves a buck fifty in the passing game. Um, I think he'll find that. I, I think I, I think he ends up in the 260, 75-yard range. He had 270 last year, and it was more than enough to just clobber Kentucky. Um, he's had a couple rushing touchdowns in both their previous meetings. So I'll say over. I don't think he'll like. I don't. I don't really expect him to put up like 400 yards on him. But I think 
250 is a number he can hit. His lack of passing yards is kind of surprising to me. I mean, when you just kind of talk about him, his accuracy, I don't know if you have, do you have his stats right in front of you? Yeah, what is his, com- his completion percentage? I think is below 60%. I know this season, now granted, that's only two games, and I don't know what it was last year, but you know, his lack of passing is something that gives you more pause than anything in this number. Like you said, his, his rushing is, you know, kind of unquestioned, but can C- Kentucky find a way to slow that down? And I think they can to a certain extent. You got the numbers. Yeah, he actually his numbers are really crazy. <laughs> his rushing numbers. Um, so two in twenty sixteen, he had thirteen hundred and seventy five pass, rushing yards and twenty four hundred uh, passing yards last year. I'm interested in completion percentage. Last year nine eighty four rushing, seventeen eighty two passing. This year, um. This year, I mean, he has like you want you want the actual. I, I was just concerned about completion percentage because I'm basically calling him out and saying he can't throw. Am I wrong? Yeah, well, he's fifty two percent. That's this not year. good. He was only forty point seven percent against Kansas State. The, That's the, not the good. only team of the pulse they've played. Well, um, so so fifty two percent for the season. Last year, he was at fifty five point six percent. Uh, 2016, 54%. So, I mean, he's under he's under 55% for his career right now, uh, completion percentage. He so doesn't throw, but uh, I mean, the, the he doesn't throw a bunch of interceptions. Um, so the ball, he just throws it to the ground a lot. Yeah. That's I mean, a, I guess he threw, he had 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions last year. He'll get it because of his rushing yards, so I'm going over too. Benny Snell, rushing yards. Well, we set it at 99 to make it kind of easy. Will he go over 100 or under 100? I'll go first. And I'm going to go over. I saw the light in Benny Snell's eyes at media availability, and he is just ready to run all over the place. And I think there is going to be an ever-so-slight overreaction to Terry Wilson from the Mississippi State standpoint. So there's going to be some holes for Benny Snell. So I'm going to go over 99 yards rushing for Benny Snell. That's a tough one. He had a horrible game against them last year, worst game of the season, seven rushes for 18 yards. But two years ago against Mississippi State, Benny went 19 for a buck 28 and a touchdown in the win uh, against them. Much like Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, not counting the bowl game he was ejected from, Benny's had 100-plus in seven of his last nine games. Um, couldn't get it against Murray State. Didn't get it against Murray State. Didn't play a, a ton. Uh, had a little bit of a slow start. They split carries. They gave a lot of backups time in that game. Uh, I think he definitely could have gotten 100 yards. Man, that's a tough one. I, I, but I don't think I'm going to bet against Benny Snell in this one, so I'm going to say over as well. Mm. Yeah, I think it'd be. I, I feel like he's going to be like right on that number. I think he, he rushes from, from somewhere between 90 and 110. And they'll be pretty hard-fought yards, maybe with a big, a big play here or there. Uh, I do think Terry Wilson's going to be a big piece of this. I think he's going to have to – carry some of that load not ma- and and the big one not make mistakes not mm-hmm. you know have these characteristic turnovers of his all right a quick note here um we are going to give ourselves some leeway if they throw that stupid shovel pass and count it as passing yards and benny snow has a big game we're going to count this into his rushing yards and we're just going to take credit if it's close you good with that wait if he has a shovel pass a shovel <laughs> no the ter- from terry wilson because they've oh, done it yeah. the past two games where it was an incomplete play in Florida, right. and if he would have caught that, he would have picked up, I don't right. know how many yards. And would have counted as passing yards. Yeah, yes. I'm yeah. calling nonsense on that. Yeah, and, we'll make our own stats. Yeah, we do what we want here on Locked On Kentucky. Finally, 
What number did we decide for this last one? How many sacks will Kentucky give up? What's the over-under we'll, number? We'll set it at two and a half, I two think. Two and a half. Uh, which means either they get three plus or they don't. This is uh, another one that it's like it's kind of strength on strength. So I know Mississippi State has 10 sacks in three games, and they're like top 10, 10 or 12-ish in the country. Kentucky has only allowed one sack in three games, and they rank fourth in the country, uh, which is very impressive considering they lost their starting left tackle uh, in the preseason, and they've kind of been uh, trying a couple different guys there. You know, we've talked about it here. Very, very impressive job by Kentucky's offensive line so far, both in pass protection and blocking for Benny and company. Um, but they meet a a really good, disruptive defensive line that plays in the backfield. They have a ton of tackles for loss. They have 10 sacks, so they're averaging 3.3 per game. Um, we mentioned Montez Sweat, the defensive end, and Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle. Those two guys have combined for, uh, well, Sweat's already got three sacks this season. He had 10.5 last year. Um, Simmons has five, already has five and a half tackles for loss this year in three games, and he had uh, a dozen of those last year. They, they play in the backfield, and they're NFL caliber guys. It'll be the best front that Kentucky has faced, obviously, to this point. Uh, they'd held up well against Florida, but Florida is clearly not what it once was. So two and a half sacks. I am going to say under. After all that, talk. after all that, I'm going to say under. I, I think. I Dang think. It, Kyle. I think Kentucky's going to. Um, I think they'll probably game plan to get the ball out quickly. I don't know that it'll necessarily mean that they just manhandled Mississippi State up front. I just think. You know, I think there'll be a couple sacks, but I think Kentucky will run. Be handing the ball off to Benny Snell a lot, and I think when the ball goes to Terry Wilson. There are going to be some design runs where I think you could potentially tackle him for a loss, but it's not a sack. Uh, and there are going to be a lot of times where he's going to get the ball out quickly as as per the game plan to avoid some of those things. So I'll say under, but but very very skeptically say under. I think it could this could be a game where Kentucky gives up twice as many as that. I'm going to agree with you, and that means we agree on all of these. With isn't that fun? But I just think Terry Wilson is the X factor. He's just so quick. You know, there was a couple plays. This is competition more than anything i think to a certain extent but when he kind of rolled out against central michigan and ended up throwing an interception like getting away from guys he's very good at that that's going to save him a sack and that that'll be the difference he'll get out of a sack that he probably a normal quarterback would have been sacked and that's going to put it at two instead of three so we agree on all of them nick fitzgerald goes over 250 yards total yards benny snell goes over 99 rushing yards and Kentucky go, gives, only gives up two or less sacks. All right, we're going to make our picks for the game, and Kyle says he's going to surprise me, so I'm interested to see what happens there. But first, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Football is here, and if you missed your season-long fantasy leagues, have no fear. You can still play FanDuel. FanDuel has one week and even one-day games, and now they are here to help you even more. Guru is a new tool that makes building smarter lineups simple for fans of all skill levels. So players can be confident you're putting the best team on the field. This is a responsive wizard-like draft experience that makes recommendation and provides tips as you draft based on who you are picking. I'm on FanDuel, and you should be too. Check out FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Why would you want to go to that specific web address? Well, because new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. 
So come play with me at FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that $20 bonus. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Kyle, who's going to win the game? I just, this is, we, I mean, we talked about it, I think, last week. This is the one, other than Georgia, I think this, these are the, those are the two games that I just have a hard time seeing Kentucky win, probably at Texas A&M, the next biggest challenge. But um, it feels like Mississippi State's been building up to this kind of season. They've got a special group. They're, you know, what are they ranked now? They're, they're 14th the or 13th, okay. between, depending um, on the poll, I and, believe. And, you know, I think maybe they deserve to be higher. I think some of the more advanced metric-type rankings have them in the top 10. Curtis Birch Index says top 10 team. Yes, I think so. I mean, look, they got a dynamic quarterback that's that Kentucky has traditionally struggled to stop. They've got an, uh, a defense with some NFL talent, some legit NFL talent. Um, they're able to run the ball. They're balanced offensively. I just and look at last year's game. <laughs> uh, they have basically all those pieces back and then some, uh, and they just bludgeon Kentucky. And so um, it's hard for me, as well as Kentucky's playing right now. It's hard for me to see to envision them beating this team. Them, this team in Georgia are the two that I just I think are a little bit in, in a, a separate class right now. I think Georgia. Alabama, probably Mississippi State and LSU are just kind of head and shoulders better than the rest of the league. And uh, Auburn may be right there. I think Kentucky is in the middle tier now, which is higher than they've been in a long time. They're in the middle tier of the SEC, but I don't think that's enough. And so I'm going to say Mississippi State by... Spreads ten. Yeah, I think it's going to be more than that. I don't think Whoa. it's going to. I don't think it's going to be a beat down from start to finish. I think it's a game Kentucky will come out and be real competitive with uh, Mississippi State early, and then they just kind of get worn down. Um, I'll say um, 34-20 Mississippi State. No belief in the Grove Street Party. No belief in touchdown Terry Wilson. No belief in Benny Snell. That's right. No belief. I picked Benny Snell to rush for over 100 yards. No belief <laughs> in Lynn Bowden. No belief in cash money. Kentucky's going to win, and that's the bottom line, Kyle. Really? It's going to be rocking. Really? I mean, we're, okay. it, it won't be a complete full house, but honestly, Kroger Field doesn't have to be full for it to be loud. I've learned that over the years. Been to a lot of where it's relatively empty, and they can still make noise. I think it's going to be rowdy. I think, you know, Mississippi State, they haven't been, Joe Moorhead hasn't been under the lights yet. He was out <laughs> playing a day game in the Little Apple out in Kansas against some 90 year old coach. This is Mark Stoops. This is, it's, it's go time. This is SEC football. Kentucky's going to get the win and they're going to do it. Here's where I'm going to be a little, like, go out on a limb. Last second. 49-yard field goal. Chance Poor makes his debut. (laughs) (laughs) And he wins Uh, it. (laughs) This is evidence that Curtis is off his meds. And they're that's gonna, what's gonna they're, happen. They're gonna they're gonna bring in the the <laughs> freshman and use one of his four games that allow him to keep it's a red gonna shirt win a game on a game winning forty nine yard field that goal. Would, I mean, could, that would be well worth two years ago. That. Austin, I was just watching this last night. Uh, two years ago, Austin McGinnis slips one over the crossbar from what fifty one yards after it looked like mm-hmm. Kentucky had choked away. That would have been a nightmare. And I, I saw um, something that I guess I had not noticed before, or maybe it had not been out there before, but. I guess Mark Stoops admitted to the SEC Network crew at some point. It was that, uh, Marty and McGee. That, or yeah, that uh, that he knew he'd be fired if they didn't win that Mississippi State game. That's what he said uh, two years ago. 
So, boy, that was a big kick, big moment. And we haven't even talked on here about how Austin McGinnis doesn't have a job in the NFL when nobody seems to have a kicker worth a crap. Um, sound, and, and I guess Mark Stoops has talked a little bit about trying to get him connected with somebody and help him find work. Uh, my but. sources have told me that the Kentucky uh, coaching staff has some friends on the Browns coaching staff, and they did reach out, but we'll see if that goes anywhere. Interesting. Interesting. But I think you're crazy, <laughs> at least in the way you're predicting it. Uh, but I could definitely see Kentucky taking this thing, you know, giving them some fight. It's at home, given the energy, if there is a good energy in that building. I think some of it depends on the start, because I do think they'll start pretty well and maybe just fade, but I, I don't think they have any chance if they come out uh, less than um, energetic, uh, less than disciplined. You give up a couple long Nick Fitzgerald runs early in the game, those can be kind of backbreakers. 37-34, Kentucky win. All right. You can follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, on Twitter. And I am at Kyle Tucker underscore S-E-C. Until October. Be sure to be following at Locked On UK and find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Like those pages, follow those pages, and you'll get all the Locked On info you can handle. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.